Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. to the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. Chris. Fellas, what's good? Man, DC, man, what's the good word? A-Dub, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling pretty good over here, man. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. A was over here traveling. He back in the land here, man. How was the flight? Yeah, people wearing their masks, man. I just hate when those flights get delayed. You know, I, our flight was delayed like three times. Damn, how long? Each one was like an hour or two, and then before you know Oof. it, you know, we were to get on, but it sucked. Was that was it delayed going and coming back? It was actually delayed coming back. Going was fine. Coming back was the issue. It looks like it was a lot of crazy weather going on in Chicago and area as well. So with the rain. Dude, don't even talk to me about that rain, dude. I feel like it's just been nonstop, man, nonstop. (laughs) Man, (laughs) I'm with you. But I'm jealous of your travels, man. Uh, DC, I feel like you got some travels on on deck with your birthday coming up this weekend. What you got cooking, brother? I do, I do. It's the the big... uh... The big tray five, you know, KD's old number, you know. Big okay, okay. <laughs> going out to uh, Sin City, going out to Las Vegas this weekend. So uh, we, hey, uh, so DC, I'm, I'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you, got a little advice for you now. Don't talk to any strangers. Uh, when you walk across the street, you look both ways. That's it. Everything else, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be fun because last year was my first time. And it was during the pandemic, so everything was 50% capacity, pretty much, or, you know, open about halfway. So, like, ludicrous, I'm back for the first time, man. And Yes, sir. I think this time around, man, everything's 100%, man, so I think you'll be good to go. Looking forward to hearing some of your Vegas stories when you get back. You got anything in particular you're going to do when you're down there? Besides drink? <laughs> Check out the fireworks. Uh, the plan is to uh, to remember the trip. <laughs> Good luck with that one. For real. Keep it, keep it five star. Make it a five star trip. <laughs> well, speaking of a uh, five star, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Crave It, for our audience. Uh, please, if you guys haven't downloaded the app, the Crave It app is available in the Apple Store and it's available on Android. Please remember to use our exclusive code, Chicago Versus. Fellas, with that being said, we got some nuggets to get into here, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on one Scotty No Tipping Pippin. My man had a lot of things to say about Phil, and he had a lot of things to say about MJ. My first thought was, how could you, Scotty? Like, how? How? After how many years has it been since they won a the championship? What, 23? Yeah, since 98? Why is he now throwing Phil under the bus? You know what I mean? Like, why is he 
now throwing Mike under the bus. Why, Scott? How could you? I'm disappointed, Scott. He said, how could you? He sounds so disappointed. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm disappointed, I'm, too. Jersey, like, like Cavaliers fans, anything like that. You know, I, I still love Scotty. Come on. How could you? This is what I'm going to say before A-Dub gets in here. It's not a good look, man, to just throw out statements and say, hey, man, somebody was racist because they didn't draw up a final shot for you. I mean, when I when I saw that one on the surface, I'm like, we got to be careful when we start throwing these labels out about people, right? Because if you are making baseless claims and accusations about somebody and who they are as a person, that's slander. Absolutely. When he mentioned that, man, about Phil, about the racial remark, I thought about other guys who are African-Americans on that team. Like, I know that Bill Cartwright didn't say anything, right? Bill Cartwright was pissed off with Scotty, right? Yep. He lit Scotty up. He sure did. Room. And he so, cried. Right, right, exactly. That's the other point for us. He cried. So did other players on that team, African-Americans, feel like Phil was doing the wrong thing? Yeah, we won the game. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Coach did the right thing, right, with calling that play. But, yeah, it really is disappointing to hear you say those kind of things, right? And it's little downs he used, like, oh, yeah, he uh, also discoped in the book. Because he didn't show loyalty doesn't mean it was racist, right? So right. Um, that's a different that's a different story, Scotty. So either way it go, man, that was wrong there. And then what he said about MJ and Kerr, man, about the whole ordeal about Mike showing up for the cameras kind of a thing, right? When he had that little small talk with um, Steve Kerr about right. being ready. I'm like, man, look, that play was designed for Mike. Mike pretty much gave Kerr a tip. Hey, look, if that guy bite, if John Stockton bite, I got you covered, man. So for me, Perez is like, Mike is not doing this for the camera. Hell, do you know this is going to get aired out or get spoken about almost 30 years later? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, Mike didn't think this will even come up again. You know, um, but Scotty, to throw him out there like that, man, it shows that Scotty's still mad about that last dance. He felt how he portrayed <laughs> on that. And that's what it definitely seemed like to me too, A-Dub. It, it, felt like, it felt like he had some sour grapes going, a little bitterness. He didn't like the way he was portrayed in the last dance. And also, let's not forget, Scotty's trying to sell a bourbon and he's trying to sell a book. So come right. on. You're right. Scotty, now you would know better than me and A-Dub and DC about who Phil Jackson is as a man. You spent a lot of time with him in your life. But I would just be very careful when you start calling somebody a racist individual, right? Now, the stuff that he's saying about Mike, that I could take that with a grain of salt because I just felt like Scotty's been taking shots at MJ a lot over the years. And you know what the best part about Michael Jordan in that situation, guys, is he never responds. That's some true goat shit right there. He's like, oh, Scotty, that's Scotty being Scotty. I ain't worried about Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mike, let it go, man. He doesn't scoop down to that level at all, man. So don't wake your friends. I would say I listened to that whole entire interview. So it wasn't just me just sitting here and, and looking at Scotty and because I'm like a huge Jordan fan. I love Scotty too. Without Scotty, we don't have six championships. And without Jordan, we definitely don't have six championships. So I realized Scotty's importance. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the top 50 players of all time, an Olympic gold medalist. Scotty's accolades, they go on and on and on. And that's why to me, when Scotty goes and reduces himself to being a troll, I'm like, come on, Scotty. You do better, be better. So, so D- DC's words earlier, man. Well, what are you out here doing, Scotty? Come on. And 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 two, you got to think about it. Who's in Scotty's inner circle? Who's in his ear? Who's Scotty's hype man with this information? Like, yeah, Scotty, <laughs> go and feel. Yeah, call him a racist. Yeah. You know, who's doing that? Come on, Scotty. Check your people, man. Check your check your sources. Check yourself, man. Like, let it go. <laughs> let I think- it go. 
I, I think the biggest thing there is if Scotty had these beefs and these personal gripes with Phil and, and Mike over the years, fellas, why did he pick up a phone and talk to them? Like, wh- wh- what's the point of now airing this out online and in these interviews? Because you know everybody wants the tea right now. Everybody wants the, the drama. Everybody wants all that kind of stuff. But pick up the phone, man, and handle this shit like men. Like, what, what's going on, Scotty? Come on. Man, Scotty may be lonely. I don't know. I really can't say with, with 100% accuracy. But I wonder, man, also about his financial situation, Prez, because mm. I'll tell you one thing, he got the spotlight on right now with all this talk he's been doing and people have been disputing some of the things he's saying, you know, as fans and others may say, may, may agree with him. Who knows, right? But the thing is, he got some publicity. I would just say, I hope the book sells. I really do. <laughs> because um, right now, you, you got everyone's ears. You got minds. And I'm listening whether I agree with you or not. But it's just unfortunate to see it all come out like this. Yeah. And one thing, too, I do respect, guys, the fact that he didn't backpedal. There's a lot of times guys will make these uh, claims and then when someone calls them out on it, then they don't really, you know, put their chest into the comment. He actually said, I said what I said. So (laughs) (laughs) so it's one of those things where you just don't know. But he definitely stood on it. Now, that's one thing that I'll give him credit on. Like you said, A-Dub, he's got a book to sell. He's got a bourbon that he's pushing. So controversy creates cash. In a lot yep. of ways, so he might need the cash. <laughs> I think right. this, but Scott is just just taking it to another level. The one thing that I want people to think about when they think about these type of stories is uh, he's helping to tear down what he built. I mean, I hope he sells all the bourbon and in, in his books in the world because people are gonna start looking at you differently, man. Like you in this town in Chicago, besides the no tipping part, you're a legend in this town. Now we're going to be looking at you like, man, this is the petty guy that just throws around the racist term because the play wasn't drawn up for him and he boycotted the game. Well, 1.8 seconds left. Scotty, we all talk about the migraine game. You, Some of the stuff you can't live down, brother. So the fact that you're upset with the way that these things were put into the last dance, they happen. <laughs> they happen. Mike didn't create these stories. You did that. You didn't play in that game. You got punked by Xavier McDaniel and Mike had to go and be big brother. But they don't want to talk about that. It was my question, Scotty. Who benefits from you calling Phil a racist? Who benefits from you calling out Mike? It's it's not a good look, to Prez's point. You know, the city, we've supported Scotty Pippen all these years. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point in time, we got to start looking at Scotty like, all right, man, that's enough. (laughs) Like, you know, what, what point are you trying to prove? And I'm with you, Prez. You talked about, you know, his accolades and all the things he's done for the team. And I get all that stuff. You know, I really love him as a player. You know, uh, what what his contributes to those championships. But I will say how he's going about this whole thing now, it makes me look at him differently. I hate to go about that way, but I am, man. Based upon, like I said, those accusations don't feel, how he's going at the GOAT, how he's bringing Steve Kerr into it as well. It just makes things look a little gloomy here. So for me, I'm starting to look at him differently over him trying to sell a book. Some things, it has to be bigger than money. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, all three of us, hey, we we work, we, we make money. But at certain points, your self-respect has to come before money. You being a man and not saying things for clicks and attention and for people to make you think that you're bigger than what you are, that has to be before money. That's just my opinion. And that's just the way I see the situation. Scotty is a legend as far as on the basketball court, but off the court, man, Scotty, man, come on, man. This is an L. That's just the way I see it. It's an L. Absolutely, Prince. And one thing I would say, man, 
the narrative for Scottie Pippen was already out there created years ago, right, Perez? But people call him the Robin to Batman. You know, to Mike being the Batman, he's mm-hmm. being the Robin. Mm-hmm. And now I think he has a problem with being Robin. So now he wants to make his own narratives, I guess, at all these years. So even Mike have always said, hey, Scotty, you know, was a big contributor to those six championships, you know. So Mike has never really, you know, said anything really negative about Scotty, other than saying that he was less selfish during that contract, right? When he ended up deciding to get that surgery done, right? During that time frame in the season. So that's the only thing I can see Mike saying negative about him. Other than that, really, Mike have always given praise. Well, Scotty also said Mike uh, Mike was selfish for uh, for retiring and playing baseball. If we could get uh, Jake uh, Logan Paul and, and Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition match, maybe they're just trying to sell a fight. Maybe we want to see Mike versus Scotty. <laughs> you know, just, just <laughs> listen, you know? DC. L- listen, and, DC. I, I'm I'm over pinning any money on these exhibitions. So if one of you brothers pay for that fight, I will definitely be at your crib and I'll bring over a six pack or two. Hey, look. <laughs> I think Scotty feels like, hey, Jordan, you've been ignoring me. Maybe we need to sit down and have a conversation. I, I need to feel a little more love from you. So maybe Scotty feeling abandoned by MJ at this point and need a little love. That's probably what it is because Mike ain't responded to him. Yeah, that is probably like one of them situations. I'm going to keep talking negative about you. You're going to respond one of these days, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right, friends. <laughs> so we'll see, man. We'll see. Well, fellas, I wanted to discuss some of the current Bulls news. So. We know that we have some current free agents on the team. I'm going to start off by the with the first one, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on yes or no if this person's coming back. Larry Marketing, what you got for me, fellas? A resounding no. His his time in Chicago, it wasn't successful. You know, he had that great first year, but ever since he's regressed, and I just don't think he has the passion to play in the city of Chicago for whatever reason. Some guys just don't do big or don't do well in big markets. You know, a San Antonio situation might benefit him a little bit better, or or a city like Dallas. Um, mm. I just don't think that we've been able to bring out the best in Laurie market. Man, DC, I was going to go a step further with that. Is that I don't see him fitting well with this team, this unit here, being a third wheel. I don't think he's that good of a player or willing to adjust to playing that particular role in Chicago with Zach Levine and, and also others on this team. You know, I just don't think him think of him that, as that kind of a guy. So I wonder, you know, the Bulls are looking at signing the back, but I don't think he's going to come back. I don't think so either. And one thing that I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on is the fact that remember uh, before the trade deadline, the management, they had his name in a lot of different trade talks and they we're trying to get Lonzo Ball at the deadline. So right there, that kind of showed you what they thought of him. Now, do you think that Lowry could be used as some sort of a sign-and-trade this offseason? Like, what are your thoughts there? Because I also don't think that Lowry will be back. A sign-and-trade, Prez? I would say that is something that could be done for sure with the Bulls, with him. Sign-and-trade and get somebody who really be useful. You might find out Lonzo Ball could be a guy like that, that involved in something like this here. So I can see something like that occurring, and it wouldn't shock me at all if the Bulls do a sign-and-trade. Go big or go home. Try to go get a big fish. Try to go get a Ben Simmons. Sign and trade him to Philly or something like that. You know, just try to get somebody that is going to make an impact. Because you, you got because you had Laurie for what four seasons something. You're like you just you just didn't that experiment did not work. And no. again, that's the remnants of the old Garpax regime. Mm-hmm. You have a great asset. You gotta flip that for something as good or better. You know, I, and I believe in I believe in Eversley and, and 
our tourists. I believe they can they can get that done. But now it's really up to Lowry. Like you know, that restricted free agent status is really what comes into play. You know, the Bulls really don't have much of a say in it as much as as, as we could have. They we, don't. They don't. Now, one thing to think about, because you do bring up a good point, D.C., with him being at a restricted free agency status. Now, if he doesn't like what his market is on that uh, restricted free agency, he could decide to play on a qualifying offer. Now, that's something that could be in play. Now, would you guys have an appetite for Lowry uh, playing on a qualifying offer? You know, what? I wouldn't be against the press. I, I would like to see how, you know, uh, he jail, you know, with, with, with Zach, you know, with Vooch. Vucevic, I, I mean, that would be something interesting, interesting to see if he can stay healthy. So I wouldn't be against it. But like DC said, if we can get someone better, man, I'm all for that first, you know, and let's explore that option first. But if need be, we can keep him to come down to that point. Well, I mean, the two teams are the teams that DC mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Dallas being a potential fit. I was looking at that roster and I didn't necessarily see anybody on that roster, you know, outside of Luca and Tim Hardaway Jr. that I was necessarily in love with. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. So Jalen Brunson, though. Jalen Brunson on Dallas is a is a steady point guard. And that's what really we really need is a, is a good point guard. That's a hell of a point, bro. I'd be willing to take and you know, his dad played here. So, yeah, Rick. Yep. Yeah, Rick Brunson. You know, so I I feel like Jalen Brunson might be kind of waiting in the wings. He's still young enough. If he wants to go down there and, and start Dirk and Nash 2.0 with Luca, wish him all the best. But we we could we could get some good pieces off of that Dallas team. I'm just trying to look around at some of these rosters, and I'm just like, man, I just don't know. Brunson would I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at that one. Yeah, San Antonio. I don't really foresee. I, I I've been seeing like Derek White. Okay, okay, that intrigues me. That's a good name. That's a yeah, good name. Derek White. Um, yeah, I, I just I just don't like what. Unless San Antonio throws in some picks, because okay. I don't see them being a perennial playoff team moving forward. You know they got some growing up to do. So they, especially they if they're, really gonna up, they're gonna be towards that that bubble or not the bubble, but the uh, play in tournament. They're gonna be around that that range for the next few years. I like that analysis because those are the two teams that we commonly hear, and I think Dallas probably would be a really good fit because uh, in Dallas he'll be able to give Luca the threat that Porzingis has not been, <laughs> you know, potentially. So I think that'd be a good fit. Mm-hmm. I just don't want Porzingis back in a Bulls uniform. No way. Dallas, don't give us Porzingis. We, we have no need for him. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. No way. <laughs> <laughs> man, y'all get off my boy Porzingis, man. I'm sorry, man. I like Porzingis. He, he was in a tough spot last season with the team. You know, anytime you build a team around one guy and sometimes forget to insert the other guy within the offense, you look worse than what you are, right? Sometimes, and I think Porzingis sort of got lost in that offensive flow over there. So, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Porzingis he come back stronger, wanting to show something, and feel like he got something to prove. Maybe he will be a dynamic fan with the Bulls. Who knows, right? But I wouldn't mind seeing you, fellas. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, that's no apologies. Uh, I would just say I don't want to hear anything about it if they trade for him and he start playing like he did in the playoffs. <laughs> if you stick up the gym like that, man, I'll be sad for sure. Because I'm one of the ones who vouching for him. And well, you saw because Luca made them clean house. So Luca wasn't happy. And so that's one of the things that's a team to definitely look forward to. But this is the Chicago State of Mind. So we're going to get back to the Chicago Bulls here. So Daniel Thice, what are we thinking here on him coming back? I'm a Tice fan. I like Daniel Tice. However, Tice wants to get paid. Mm-hmm. He wants the respect on his name. 
You know, he yep. wants to be on a contender. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the Bulls are willing to pay what he feels he's he's deserving of. So with what he brings to the table, you got to look at a guy like Bobby Portis right now, who's right there, like on the verge of, of, of a finals appearance. And we all saw what Bobby did for Chicago. He never really wanted to leave Chicago. He did not. So, yep. That's a great replacement if Tice does walk. I want Tice back, but I'm with you here, DC. I'm not sure what his value is going to be. What's the pay range people are looking at him at? So for us, I don't want to overspend for the guy. I really don't, man. We had to overspend for him. I think the Bulls should just let him walk and then look at you know some other um, veteran out there who could be a role player to come in, come play some power forward for us. So I would say let's look at what the offer's out there for him and then make a decision based upon that if we want to keep around well, so this is the thing. I agree with both of you guys. I would love if he came back. I, however, I don't see it. To DC's point, he wants to get paid. And if the Bulls aren't bringing him back on a multi-year deal, averaging around 7 to $8 million per season, then I say don't do it. But if he's willing to come back on a deal like that, you do that deal right fucking now. Do it right now. Because I thought he was a really good fit in that front court. Because we talked about it. With Vooch, with that, they have some pieces there. And I think Daniel fit in really well with them. He you, he was somebody that you could put in the starting lineup, and he was someone that played well off the bench, guys. I think a lot of times what gets lost in today's game is the small ball, right? You go with one center, and then you go with two small forwards and the rest guards, right? So it's like with Tice, you can either, like you say, you can start him, or you can also have him come off the bench. Really, it's like really what the Bulls want to do here. Are you all willing to play this center and then go with small forward guards? Or are you looking at saying, hey, you know what? Maybe Tice can start as our power forward. We can rope something out there, you know? So it depends on what they, the plans they have for him moving forward. Uh, and it also depends on what plans they have for Patrick Williams, too. Because is he going to remain a three for his career? Or is he going to slide over to the four and play right. next? Well, as as he his body develops in the league, that's a good point, DC. We don't know. And also in this league now, when you got positionless basketball, he can alternate between the two positions. Good point, fellas. All right. What we got on your boy, Denzel Valentine? Talk to him. You can let that guy walk. I've never <laughs> been a fan of him. I have never been a fan. I thought he was going to come in, present. We drafted him. I thought he was going to do good. But watching this guy, man, how he plays and getting showed up by regular people, <laughs> you know, outside of this and playing other tournaments, I'm like, look, man, don't embarrass yourself anymore, man. You've been hurt. You've been everything else. I think we need to move on from you and let you start off fresh somewhere else. He got cooked in the Drew League. I'll never forget that. Stacey King refers to him as old man game, so he might need to go ahead and go down to the YMCA or something and put that on showcase because I just don't think it's going to be in a Bulls uniform. His, his time is up. Yeah, I'll say this. The guy can heat up, but he's not consistent, guys. And now right. he, he does thrive in playing in some of those high-pressure situations. But sometimes he lets the game go, get to his head a little bit. He thinks that he's somebody that he's not out there. And I love his confidence, but then also hate his confidence at the same fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, friends. One moment he can look really good, the next moment, like, who's out there playing again? He's just so inconsistent, man, that you don't know what you're going to get out of him when he plays. At this point of his career, I think that we should move on from him. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I'm, I'm I'm good on Denzel Valentine being on this team, and that's it. I mean, I, I remembered in Summer League, uh, D.C., remember when I told you I was at the Summer League when he hit that game-winning shot, and I'm thinking, man, we might have something here with this player. 
that, that was the highlight of his Bulls tenure. And that's the highlight. If that's the highlight for us, that sucks. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. That was a cold-blooded shot now, I ain't done. It was a cold-blooded shot. I ain't seen it since. <laughs> right. <laughs> what have you done with me lately? Like the more favorable Valentine in the city of Chicago coaching Loyola. I mean, you yeah. never know. That, that might be his ultimate landing spot. He might go coach with his brother one day. I just he don't needs- think it's, it's, it's meant for him here. No, he needs to go hang out with Sister Jean and leave us alone. That's that's pretty much it. Go ahead. And I'll get give him credit for one thing. He can say, you know what? I made it to the league. You know, you can take hell of credit on that part by saying, hey, I won the ones. People probably counted out and look where I'm at. I made it. So with that, you've done, you done well for yourself, man. You as a person, that's I will cool. give you credit. I give you props there. I give you props there because a lot of people can't say that. But what I'll say is when I look at him and being a fit on this team going forward and, and for where we're trying to get in this franchise, I just don't see. I, he's just another one of those guard packs pieces that just did not fit, and we just got to get rid of it. We got to continue to just get rid of those pieces from that tenure because this is now AK and Eversley's time. This is their time to build this roster in their own image, and so I'm really excited to see what these guys do this offseason. I agree. Absolutely. And this this year may be a clean, like just clean slate. You know, you've mm-hmm. got Vucevic, you've got Levine. You've got Patrick Williams. We don't have a first-round pick this year, mm-hmm. but I am seeing that they are looking at guys for a second-round pick and potentially to move up and trade into the first round. So they're going to reshape this thing in, in the way that they see this franchise being a contender in the future. So, Absolutely, DC. That's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a point because I did see that they were looking at some of those late first round to early second round draft picks. So you never know what will happen there. So I would never count out this new front office because they've shown us that they're willing to make those moves. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. What do you guys think about Garrett Temple? Will he return or do you think that he'll leave? I think Garrett Temple might return, Press. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure his value is going to be so outpriced out there to where we can't afford him. I think he'll return. I like his role he played for the team on the bench or even the starting rotation at times, right? He's done a good job for us, man. So I will say I like a guy like him as a solid rotational piece. So if we can keep him, that'd be fantastic. I really think we we are. Uh, But again, we got to see what his value is and what others are offering him. But if it stays where I think he's at, I think we probably will sign him back. I agree, A-Dub. And I see a guy like that just being that locker room presence, just keeping Mm -hmm. it going. Like, hey, we came here. Or in Garrett's case, he came here last year to provide that that direction for a young team that needed that veteran boost. Yeah. So ultimately, he could transition into coaching, kind of like what Adrian Griffin did when he was in Chicago, or Ime Udoka, like when he was with San Antonio. Like I feel like he's going to be a voice in this league for a long time, and he'll have an opportunity somewhere to coach on somebody's sideline. So. But right now, this team needs needs a guy like Garrett Temple. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I would love if he came back. I thought this was one of the most underrated signings that AK and Eversley made, bringing him on the team. The guy has played on a lot of different teams in his career, and I've been surprised how he hasn't been able to stick with a team because when I saw his leadership and the way he played on defense and the way he was tough out there, I'm like, bro, this guy is somebody that you want on your roster. So I hope they find a way to bring him back. And if it's a contract in that four to five million dollar a year range, you do that shit and you don't think twice about it. Agreed. Cristiano Felicio. Adios.
<laughs> it's simple. <laughs> Bye, Felicio. Bye, Felicio. Put that on. <laughs> Put that on the shirt. <laughs> man, oh, press. I'm still pissed. We even signed to that contract, man. So I'm still mad about that part. But you're right. He needs to go, man. No doubt. Good for him. He made us some good money, man, by not doing much at all. So as a player, I'm not sure why they even signed you, brother. I have no idea. That's that's that guard pack shit, bro. And that's why they're gone. Uh, and they, and that, that was just a, a, a typical sign. And, and this is something that me and DC have talked about in the past. And I want our listeners to just kind of just hear me out on a second when I make this point. Dwayne Wade is the reason why Cristiano Felicio got that deal. Dwayne Wade was setting the table for made Felicio look like a lot better of a player than what he actually was. They prioritized Felicio in that free agency. Now, that's another point that should make you mad, A-Dub. Not only did they give him this contract, they signed him on the first day of free agency. Mm-mm-mm. Mm, mm, mm. That's all I can say, Chris. Now we know he probably will not be on this team next year. Will he even be on the NBA roster next season? Somebody may give him a small, you know, salary to, to come on their team as a backup guy. We may not even get that much time, right? So he might get another chance. He wasn't bad in our locker. I'll say that much, but I don't see nothing in this guy that says, man, he'll be a contributor, you know, to someone's teams. I just don't think he's good for the Bulls. Man, get this motherfucker out of Chicago. And he needs to go play in China some damn where. Go, go, go steal some more money over there overseas. <laughs> that might be here. his next stop. That might be his next stop. There is no NBA team that watched that man on film and was like, yeah, I'm going to give him a one-year contract. Give him a one-year contract and get the hell out of here. He ain't getting a contract <laughs> in the league. And plus, he can't even hit the three. You got to think about it. Where has he gotten better in his career? He hasn't. And the league has changed with the big man. You need the big man that can spread the floor, right? Felicio can't play away from the basket. He can't even play near the basket. <laughs> That's an actual fact. He can't. He could barely. Yeah, bye. Bye, Felicia. Get, get out of here. All right, guys. Last player, Archie. What are we doing? We actually want to move on from Archie as well, Perez. I don't think okay. we're going to keep him. I think okay. we're going to move on. We're looking to start over point guard play. So he might be a guy that's saying, hey, you know what? We're also going to move on from you as well. And I'm quite sure, like you said, Perez, the Bulls probably looking at some other guys to come on this team and help out and do a better job than what he did. So I think now for guards like him, they're probably looking to move on from. Yeah. And we just need, we need uh, guys that have a different mentality. Like Archie, he's, he's great. You know, don't get me wrong, but he's just not great for this team. So okay. we just need guys that are coming here, playoff tested, battle tested, know what to do in certain situations. Archie's a guy you throw in when you're up by 25, 30 points. <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll steady the ship. But not when you're in critical clutch, crunch time, playoff moments that this team is going to have in their future. Chris, can he actually play off Zach Levine very well and be successful? I'm just going to say this when it comes to Archie. I don't think you got to worry about him playing off of a Zach Levine or playing off of anybody because he's only getting into the game when they're down big, you know? And I thought the biggest thing about Archie's game that just appealed to me was that he played the game tough. He was like a poor man's Kirk Heimer without the, the jumper. So right. I think the culture that AK and Eversley and Donovan are trying to build, I think Archie's a fit for that. But I agree with both of you guys in the sense that if another team is willing to throw some money in his way, then we just say bye-bye to Archie. You know, he's a great practice player, but we need a guy that can hit some shots uh, when the lights are on. Absolutely, Prez. And a guy like him, like you say, he had a lot of inconsistencies. And 
even when he played press, I didn't see the impact from him, even at running the show. So I, I think he has some good games at times, but it's not a consistent thing where you can say, you know what, this guy's the guy we want that can continue to give us that value off the bench. I would have taken Shaq Harrison over Archie. You know, like Shaq Harrison brought something to the table. You know, he's been able to continue his career in Denver. I just don't see Archie being that that big of an impact player. So and Shaq Harrison was a good player on defense, man. He that guy, he would get on your grill, he'd guard you tough, and he actually was sneaky on offense. He could score a little bit. So yeah, I like Jack Harrison. And then you look at too a guy like Adam Adam Makoka, who's been on a two-way deal. I remember there was one game this year where we had no energy. And then Adam Makoka came in and just started hating nowhere. Buckets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got to give some guys the opportunity that's been been waiting, you know, in the wings for it. So yeah, and Makoka's that's a good name because he was playing with their uh with their affiliate team and he was lighting people up. So he's got talent. So maybe he'll get a shot there uh this offseason. I know he's played the summer league in, in the past, but maybe he'll get a look. We'll see. All right, guys. So we're going to transition over to the Chicago Bears. And I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on something that A-Dub and I have talked a lot about on the Bears Central's podcast. We talked about Allen Robinson. We talked about the fact that he does not have a new contract. We talked about the fact that Allen Robinson is going to be playing on the franchise tag this season. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on the fact of, do you think that Allen Robinson will get that elusive extension before July 15th, which is the deadline? Chris, I have gone back and forth with this several times, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's at this point, man, I'm like, I was starting to panic a little bit, right? So I think he's not going to get it. I think they're going to wait this whole thing out, let him foul their franchise tag, and then see how he plays, whatever, and make a decision based upon what they want to do with them and see the value of some of these other wide receivers. They probably want to just compare, right? Do some comparing, contrasting things to see what his value is going to be at the end of the season. So that's what I'm starting to think now at this point, Chris, that they're going to wait this whole thing out. Uh, that's totally that's totally fair. For me, real quick, before DC gets in here and gives his thoughts on it, you already know how I feel about A-Rob, A-Dub. I mean, dude, consummate professional. The guy works his ass off, does a ton of work in the community. This is the kind of guy that you want to have in your locker room. This is the kind of guy that you want representing your organization. So I'm not sure what talks are internally between the team and A-Rob and his agent, but I think that they got to put a little bit more effort into trying to figure out a way to bring this guy back long term. Now, A-Rob snatched up that fucking franchise tag cash fucking quick because he saw how that wide receiver market was going. <laughs> I agree, man. He got that bag quickly. Yeah. But but I would just say, in my humble opinion, I think the actions of the organization last year by not negotiating with him, not speaking to him and his agency, I think they've kind of played their hand here. I don't think that they're interested in signing him long-term. That's just my you know humble opinion on it. Definitely tough to hear you say that part because, um, you know, I feel the same way you feel about him, man. We we love him. He's done a good job working with my boy Money Moon, Darnell Mooney. And they've been looking pretty good together, man. And the fact that we may not sign him back for us, even the thought of that, sucks. I just hope that, hey, negotiations kick off for us, and hopefully we can find a way to bring this guy back. But I'm with you, Perez. It makes you concerned. It, it brings some, some concern here. I don't see him being a long-term fit especially with what the Bears are trying to do right now with Fields. You know, he's coming off two back-to-back, 1,000-yard-plus seasons. He could be a piece of the puzzle, but I don't think he's that big piece of the puzzle. Ooh, I don't know about that one, D.C. I think he is the puzzle. I think when we talk about a piece, I think Allen Robinson is that whole entire puzzle. The, the issue that I have is the organization is cheap as fuck. They are, <laughs> they are so cheap. And 
they don't want to pay this man what his value is going to be. It's going to be probably about a $20 million season contract for him. You know they're yeah. not trying to give him that. They're already paying Khalil Mack $20 million plus. So that's what I see. I think Allen Robinson, if you think about it on paper, when you have a Justin Fields at the quarterback position, imagine a quarterback like that, how that attracts Allen Robinson to want to even sign back with the Bears. Because that's one of the things that I think we have to look at as Bears fans and think about how attractive this team is now that you have a potential franchise quarterback and we don't have Mitch or we don't have to worry about Dalton or Foles or whoever, right? So I think A-Rob... In, in essence, he controls his own destiny here because if, if he goes and balls out, he's probably going to price himself out of Chicago, but he's going to get paid this offseason, boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We see that. We, we, we know that he is, is the puzzle, but I'm, I'm speaking from the, the historical pocketbook of the Bears. You know, okay. like they don't see him as that, that big piece because they're not, they don't want to pay him. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's unfortunate. electric, but. I just don't see it. Man. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, man. It is unfortunate, but they got a chance to fix some things around from signing Muhammad. You ask me, Perez, this could be your chance to sign a guy, you know, that we know is reliable, a guy that we can count on, man, every single day, every single game, man, to be a professional, to be a great player. You need those guys you're looking to win, man. And to lose him, that'll be detrimental to the team, man. It really will. It, it will hurt the team badly, not even having him, Perez. So I hate to look at the fact that we won't sign him back but, man, I know what the value of having him, what it can do to your team. And those hands he got, man, that route running ability, I mean, this guy's a threat. And having him on the team, and you will love a guy like that in your locker room. So I hope the Bears can find a way to sign him back, Perez, despite what's going on now and by the deadline. I agree. And you brought up a painful name there, talking about Moussa Muhammad. Audience, I apologize for any trauma associated with A-Dub's comment on behalf of the Chicago State of Mind podcast. We sincerely apologize for him bringing that name up. It will never happen again. but but speaking of something that is something that i think is going to be uplifting uh for our listeners the chicago sky adub this is a team that you've been very high on lately even though they did recently have their seven game winning streak snapped or over the weekend this team has played really well since Candice Parker has came back into the starting lineup, man. Talk to him, man. How are you feeling about this team and, and their prospects going forward? Matter of fact, they are a championship contender team. People don't want to talk about that, but I'm telling you, when Candice Parker is herself and playing well like she was doing that win streak, I mean, her inside, outside game, I mean, she has phenomenal skills, man. And the fact that we have two other individuals that are playing very well with her, you got Copper, you got... Um, Courtney, she's out there doing a, a job as, as the point guard to run the show, man. This is a very good team here. And I'm telling you, they lost that one game. Maybe it was all fatigue from going that win streak. But I'm telling you, this team is going to get back into action and back to winning again. Yeah, and you brought up three people's names that I wanted to highlight here. So Kalia Copper, Candace Park, and Courtney Vandersloop. They were named to the WNBA All-Star team. And so those three players on this team is a, probably a big reason why this team is in second place in the standings. So I think we need to be talking about this team a lot more. Most people, when they think of the Chicago Skyfellas, they all think about Candace Parker. But Candace Parker's got some help on this team. She's got some people that can ball out. Yeah, man. And I'm telling you about Courtney, man. Vanderslew, Chris, you brought up, man. That young lady can ball, man. You talk about getting those dimes and running the show out there like Steve Nash. 
Man, she is doing it, bro. <laughs> she is, man. She is on a mission, man. I mean, she led the league last year, I believe, you know, in assists, man. Yeah. Um, maybe the past few years, you know, but she's the first one to get the double digit 10 assists, you know, um, per game. She's the first one to do that, man. And then you add Kalia Copper, man. She is phenomenal. This is her first time being an all-star press. But one thing I like about her, despite being the lead scorer in the team, man, she gets to the bucket, bro. She can make the three, though. But one thing she's going to always do, she's going to attack that basket, man. So, like you said, man, Candace Parker got some, some tools around her, man. And Khalil Copper and Courtney Venesloo, they are very good. Candace Parker effect, too, just means that she's instilling confidence in these ladies because she's been there. You know, she's mm. been She's bringing a different energy to this Chicago Sky team, and they believe in themselves. Yes, That's sir. the thing right there. So, yeah, look out for big things uh, from this Sky team. They could they could go all the way. Yeah, and one thing, too, and, and I agree with that point, DC, the thing that Ajar brought up regarding Vandersloot, the reason why I'm really high on her is because the Sky we talked about on the last episode, they had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of players that were away from the team. She's been the constant for them. She's been there the whole time, the whole season. And she's kept that team intact. She kept them from not falling off the, the track. And so when you look at her numbers and her production, you got to look at the fact that she's been available for most of the season. And I think that that's a point worth celebrating when it comes to her performance. And I'm not surprised that she made another all-star appearance uh, this season. Absolutely, Prez. You hit a good point with her, man. And I'm a big fan of Courtney. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Just watching her play, Prez. I mean, you just see her style, man, the way she, like I said before, the way she runs the show, man, how she get everyone involved in the game and set everyone else for success. And then I know DC went on, went on ahead and talked about Candace Parker and her ability, you know, what she does, friends. You're real spot on, DC. I'm with you there, man. Candace Parker has actually changed some fortunes around here. The fact mm-hmm. that we, she's here, her presence makes a huge difference. And one thing I got to continue to uh, highlight, man, is her inside and outside game. You attack those two things along with her dribbling ability, because she can put that ball on the floor. Think about Kenneth Spark is a power forward plan, man, and made yep. her put the ball on the floor. So mm-hmm. you think about her inside-outside game, they would do that, man. She is very impactful. And I, I'm telling you, when she came back from the injury, I wouldn't shop away on the road because now we're able to just get another weapon who can do some great things for us. Well, Candace is a winner. Going back to high school, Naperville Central, she won. Tennessee, yep. she won. The Sparks in the WNBA, she won. That's who they brought here. And she's bringing that winning DNA here to Chicago. And I'm here for it, fellas. Same. I'm with you, Press. I'm just happy for them all, man, really. And the fact that see these three as an all-star, a complete copper as a first-time all-star, this lets you know that the league out there also values them as well, along with the fans who all voted and thought highly of these individuals here. So it just share, shares with you all what we think, how we feel about them, and also what people around who's watching and what they feel about them, too. Yeah, man. And three players from one team. That's a major accomplishment. And Another recognition that came from the Chicago Sky, Stephanie Dolson was named to the Olympic three-on-three team. So that's something new that they're doing in the Olympics here that's coming up in Tokyo. I thought that was huge. That's going to actually be fun to watch. I can't wait to actually see that because I love three-on-three basketball, and I think that's cool that they're adding that to the Olympics. Yeah, Prince, man. I'm liking that too, man. And shout out to Stephanie Dawson, like you said, man. She's a person who actually been part of the USA Olympic team before. She's done it before. She's been around. I think her own personal record is like 43 and 3 press. So I'm just happy for her in general to get another shot and to do this three on three, also Olympics qualification that she's doing. I'm happy for her to be part of this whole ordeal again, man, and doing a three on three for the first time. I'm just happy for her in general, man. But yeah, she has a long history going back to her early days uh, from college, man, to where she played with the Olympics. And she's done well then. So Good for her. I'm happy for her. And hey, 
hoping for hope they can win it. You know, the team, the USA team can win it. I mean, she's got that pedigree, fellas. She worked the UConn. We already know what UConn's about. And that's one of the things when I think of the Chicago Sky team, you got to think about some of the players that they that they have. These players come from winning programs and winning traditions. That stuff matters. Absolutely. They come from winning programs. So when they get to the professional level, that does not depart from who they are. They just need, they needed a player like Candace Parker to come in and just bring that back to light. You know, like, hey, we are all, Great players in our own right we come from great programs. Let's do it as a collective unit. And that's what they're doing right now. That's a great point to wrap that up. Hey, Doug, you know I'm going to pick on you a little bit here. What's going on with your Cubs, man? Them motherfuckers taking L's left and right around here, man. What's going on? Man, be quiet, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I've seen that, that L flag getting waved a lot around there. I'm like, what's going on at Wrigley? What's going on? Man, Prez, I watched our last two games with a, a clear eye and what we're doing and, <laughs> and trying to get a better understanding of why we've been losing, man. And I, I'll say this here, man. We were up 7-0 to zero at the first inning, and we lost by we lost big, 15-7 to seven a day. I man. remember that, yeah. Yep. And it, it just shows that, hey, you know, as of right now, we're not playing well. We took some tough L's against the Dodgers as well. Uh, we won, what, a six-game losing streak at this point? And yep. now we also six games behind out of first place, and the Brewers are ahead. I thought we'd been able to gain some ground by beating those guys, but we lost a tough one before today, but we lost a uh, close game two to one. We had our chance in the eighth and ninth inning, and we kind of blew those. But, man, it's just hard, heartbreaking to see that we can't get our hitting and pitching on the same page together. So with that, Perez, you know what that means? You can't get them both on the same page. It starts to losing. It starts to happen. And uh, right now, starting to pile up. So we're struggling right now. Hopefully we turn around, but right now we're struggling. Well, as I mentioned in the last episode, DC, I think you remember me saying this. The ownership group didn't do the Cubs any favors this season by not bringing back some of the players from the last season's team. They traded away a Darvish. They let Kyle Schwarber walk away. And Kyle Schwarber has been on a tear. As a Mm. Cub fan, if I'm A-Dub right now, I'll be somewhere crying into a pillow watching what Kyle Schwab is doing to the baseball. He is murdering the baseball, and he could be doing that on the north side right now. But they chose to let him walk. Yeah, Perez, this is supposed to be the year where we're supposed to be thinking about starting over. I think the team is sort of ownership and also, you know, the GMs, they all kind of shocked to see that the team is doing well, right? We were doing well for about up until, what, the last week or so. as the losing streak kind of kicked off. But we're right there in first place, right? A couple of weeks ago, so about a week or so ago. And now we start to take take some L's now, and now things are starting to pile up. But yeah, with Swarber, man, Swarber been very good, man. I wish he was still on this team. I used to call him Cal Root, Prez. <laughs> we used to call him Cal Root. That's a piss off a lot of White Sox fans. Like, why you call him Cal Root? He's not Bay Root. I know that. But the fact is that guy got some power. And we've seen it, Prez, uh, in 2016 when he came back from the injury, his impact right on the team. So I've been a Swarber fan. I understand that his, um, you know, his batting average has always been a problem. His defense has been a problem because he has to play the field. But mm-hmm. I always thought of him as a DH kind of a guy anyhow. But I did like, like him with the team because I know that guy has some power and he's lefty. And he's a lefty as well. They want that old thing back. <laughs> right? Right? Man. <laughs> he's on a, a streak right now. He's he's not slowing down anytime soon. And yeah, he would he would be great in a Cubs uniform. Perhaps they would not have slumped the way they have slumped. But you know, you you got to look to the future now. So what does ownership do? Do they start to retool a little bit? You got some creative. Talk to him. Look, Allison's about score. One more thing on Swarber. He's actually on a one year deal right now. Yes. So I can't say he can't come back. <laughs> yeah, but so you I know don't what? know. 
If Go he ahead, comes Bryce. back, if he comes back, they're gonna have to pay him. He's gonna want that Brinks truck. Look at the numbers he's putting up. Yeah, heck yeah. And the thing is, he's done a lot of this for the leadoff spot, right? He played yeah. leadoff for the Cubs as well. Yeah. Um, the same has success at leading off, man. I've always said he had a good eye, Fresh. I've always said that, man. But now he's actually executing now. That's good for him. So, yeah, man, it's just tough to see him do all this for another team. You had to see him do it for the Cubs, right? At the point now that the team has really shocked the Cubs. As I mentioned before, they thought the team would have tanked. So that four didn't sign guys back. New Darvis gone. You know how that happened, Fresh. So they're thinking this team's probably going on its way down. But now, to DC point, what do we do now? Um, do we think about trading guys or what we should do to break this whole thing up. And what I'm thinking at this point, Perez, I still think it's a little too early for us to break this group up right here. I do want to see it play out for the next couple of weeks and see what happens. The Cubs are 42 and 39. They're six games back behind the Milwaukee Brewers. So I right. think it is too early to panic, but the organization didn't do the team any favors by trading away so many players and not signing back certain guys. So when right. I look at this team, guys, do you think that the Cubs should be buyers? Or do you think they should sell off before the trade deadline? That's that's something that I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on. Because I think if they made all these decisions to cut costs and to not try to contend, then what do you think they're thinking is with this roster and with this team right now? If this team continue to lose, because right now on a losing streak right now, right? They continue <laughs> to lose. I think at that point you might want to think about being sellers at that point, right? I think so. Because you go down too far, Perez, it's going to be hard to get back into it. You're going to have to get really hot to start doing some things, but the Brewers are hot right now. So it's yes, like, could you catch these dudes? You know, we could see the slide. I think at that point, and by the time the trade deadline come here, you still the sliding down. I think at that point, you might want to consider, you know, trading off some guys that you're probably not going to sign back. So with that being said, who would some of those guys be? I mean, what, what are we looking at? Are we talking about a Chris Bryant? Yep. I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's what I want to get your thoughts on because he's and a guy, go, even, in, even in my opinion, A-Dub, he's shown me a lot. This guy plays so many different positions and he plays them well. You can put him at third base. You can put him at first base. You can put him in the outfield. Chris Bryant, to me, has deserved an extension. I just don't know if the Cubs are going to pony up and pay him. Yeah, Perez, because you know he want, you know who his agent is, right? Of course. Uh, Scott, exactly. He wants to get, he want to get you the bag. <laughs> he want to get you the bag. And the thing is with these guys, man, Bias, Chris Bryant, and also Rizzo, these guys have declined contracts from the, from the, um, from the team already. So at this point, they're looking to get paid. So I'm not so sure if the Cubs want to break the bank with these three guys anyway. So if things are going not going so well with these guys from the 2016 who want to chip for you, you're going to have to move on from a press. You're not looking to pay these guys the money they're looking for. I know Baez is a guy right now. He has a lot of hype, right? A lot of people love him. He's a um, a showman. You look at him on the plane on the defense side of the press. People love him, press. I love him. I love the way he plays defense. Love Swaggy. the way he hits too. Yeah, he got the swagger, man. He got the swagger on the Cubs. So with that, you're looking at, hey, these guys want money. Can you afford them? And then also the team is tanking around these guys. Do you pay them? I think if they pay somebody for us, I think it'll be biased. I don't think it'll be Rizzo and Chris Bryant if they decide to pay anybody. Well, to be honest with you, of those three, I think it has to be bias. Uh Rizzo, yep. I feel like Rizzo was on a pretty good contract when they signed him. And yeah. Chris Bryant, he's going to want the bat. He's going to want that Brinks truck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Especially if he start, he, he back up, Perez. If he start back cooking like he was, I know he slumped a little bit, but if he start back cooking, I mean, yeah, you're right, Perez. The numbers numbers don't lie, right? Baseball, you know how they go. If he start cooking, man, yeah, it's going to bring him back to the fact that when he won MVP, he's going to feel that way. Like, look, I need the money now. I'm not getting any younger. I need the bag. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Now, I'm over here talking about you, 
And my team has been slumping. I mean, they they have not played well in the last 10 games, A-Dub. And uh, we had a, you know, up and down weekend. I told you guys I was excited about the game on Friday that I went to and they lost. <laughs> that shit sucked. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> you know what, A-Dub? Hate is not a good color on you. I just want you to know that, okay? It really is. I'm glad. <laughs> With that being said, I think when I think about the White Sox, it's been tough. We've had a lot of injuries. I'm not making excuses here, but any other team in the league that lost the level of talent that this team has lost, they would not be sitting in first place right now. And I I think that's a big testament to the next guy up mentality that this team has. And I'm going to give a slight kudos to the manager. And I've been critical of him on other shows, guys, but... He's actually doing something right here. He's basically manning this ship and keeping everything going in the right direction. Now, Nick Madrigal is out for the season. He tore a hamstring. So when I look at this team, I think that there's a couple moves that need to be made to kind of help get things in order. And I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Now, Nick Madrigal's out. He's a second baseman. And there were rumors that were circulating around this week that Eduardo Escobar was yep. probably going to be close to coming to the to the Sox. That is a move right there that I would take in a heartbeat. However, I think with these trades in baseball, with these rentals, you're going to have to give up a lot of prospects. And that's one of the things that just makes me a little uncomfortable because the White Sox did a really good job of retooling this farm system. We got a lot of talent and prospects in the farm system. No, have a point there. Go ahead, D.C. I was just saying, I, don't touch it. You know, you've already got a good thing working. You got momentum for the future. Don't like, yeah, no, just leave, leave, leave it as is. You want to just stay status quo. So the guys that we have just go next man up and just kind of play around the need. Exactly. It builds character too. You know, it, it just shows like, cause this, this team has the potential to win multiple world series. You know what I'm saying? Like as you right. mentioned, the farm system. So if, if, if you go for it in a season where you've lost such a key talent, and you sacrifice those prospects, you then shorten that window, in a sense. So just let it be. So one thing that I do agree with you on, uh, DC, is in the fact of if you're giving up a bunch of prospects for a guy that's only going to be around for a couple months, I'm not that, that keen on it. However, if there's a way that you can extend this person and bring them into the fold, then I think I have a little bit more of an appetite for it. What do you think, A-Dub, when you look at trading prospects for these rentals versus getting a guy extended? Well, the thing is, I would look at Perez, anytime it comes down to trading players, if you're trying to win now, right? And mm-hmm. I think that's what you got to look at right there. So right now, missing a key player who's out injured for the rest of the season, you need a replacement there. You can't rely on other guys on this team who are not strong enough in that position there, you know? So yeah, Escobar, to me, makes sense, Perez. You're talking about Escobar as a guy who can come in and, and not quite be magical, but can be very good, be solid for you. You need that guy there, right? If you're looking at contending for um, a championship this year because you're going to miss that guy. Giving up some prospects, you don't know what prospects can turn out to be, right? You really mm-hmm. don't, Perez. You, it's no guarantee. We've had guys that was here already who people were highly on prospects before in the past who didn't pan out in Chicago. So for me, you just don't know yet, really. So the, I think giving up some prospects for a guy like him, if you're looking to win right now, absolutely make that make that move, you know, because you never know what it can do for you. I say what the second with the Cubs, right? In 2016, we made some tough trades that I didn't like, you know, with Torres and guys like that. But guess mm-hmm. what? We want a chip, though. We want a chip. So if you want to win a chip, you got to make some things you don't want to do at this point. And sometimes it does mean get rid of some of your farm system. One thing I will say, the farms that they have now playing, those guys are good. 
So you got to start your farm system over at some point again, Fred. So right now, losing a couple key guys in the farm system probably won't hurt that badly when you got guys on this roster right now who are under these rookie contracts, right? That, can, that you got time, right? You got time for them to develop and time to see what can happen down the road. So for me, I would love to see them make that trade, you know, where they can get somebody they're looking to win absolutely this year. Yeah, I'm okay with Escobar if we don't have to give up the farm to get him. Also, yeah. one of the points that DC made that I did agree with, the White Sox at one point in time had Tatis in their system, and we traded him to the Padres, and look at what Tatis has done in the league. So yeah. that's the thing that gives me a little pause when it comes to trading your prospects, but I also think that the White Sox are in this win-now mode right now, and they have so many guys that are out. Eloy's still out. Robert is still out. You have Adam Ingham, Billy Hamilton, fucking Adam Eaton. And don't get me started on Adam Eaton. This guy has played like shit. And I don't know what's going on with his bat, but we need to get somebody that can come in here and they can fucking get some hits. Like, we're we're just missing so many pieces right now. And that's why I'm okay with us potentially, guys, making some sort of a move to replace Nick Magical, but also get another bat in here in this offense to help out. Because Jose Abreu also, in the month of June, he struggled swinging the bat. And that's something also that I want to make sure that we're discussing and bringing up. Good point there, Perez, that you brought up there, man, because you're right. When the team is struggling, you guys are in first place right now. But, man, that window is closing shortly, man. I mean, you know, they're t- what, who's behind you guys right now? That, I mean, they're very close for Indians, right? Very yeah, two, close. Two and, a, two and a half games. Yeah, and that's not much, right? That's pretty much if you all face them, you know, that's one week, right? You, you, if you guys slump up and they start winning, you all can be in second place. So you're right, Perez, at some point, you guys are going to need to get some players because the thing is, championship's not, not guaranteed, no matter how great your team are, right? It's not guaranteed. So if you got the momentum, take full advantage of it, and, and you never know what might happen. Uh, that's, that's a hell of a point, man. So we'll see what happens here, man. I'll be very interested to see what the Cubs do here at the deadline, if they become sellers or buyers. And I think the White Sox will probably be really aggressive, but I think it's just a matter of how aggressive they get, who they have to give up, and then how soon some of these injured players are going to come back, because I would love to start seeing some of these guys get back into the lineup. So we'll definitely, definitely see what happens there, fellas. Agree, Chris. And I think one more thing you guys might need to do as well. You might have to go out of some kind of pitcher as well. You know, somebody for the bullpen. Probably still going to need solid pitch. You know that already. You took the that you took the words right out of my mouth. Bullpen arms, man. Our bullpen has been so lacking, bro. That's such a good call. Such a good call. Whew. Rick Hahn's gonna be busy. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> he got his ears full. He does. But you know he, what? I like Rick Hahn. I like him. No, I think Rick Hahn is is legit, man. I just we talked about this on Max Show. I think Kenny Williams didn't get the credit that he deserved, but I also think Rick Hahn doesn't get enough credit for the work that he's done. Because he has to work with Jerry Reinsdorf, and that can't be an easy feat. <laughs> <laughs> Not easy at all, bro. It really isn't. So, yes, yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens here. Well, we're at our final segment here, fellas. If this city could talk, I'm going to kick it off, and then I'm going to let you guys get yours. But mine is, if this city could talk, it would tell our lawmakers to stop worrying about things that don't really matter, like renaming Lakeshore Drive. I love and appreciate the fact that people wanted to talk about our earlier settlers to Chicago and that that person was a person of color and how that person was responsible for this city being Chicago. However, there are so many things that are going on in in this city right now with crime, with policing, with our school systems being absolutely just horrible, the resources in our inner cities. There's so many things that are going on that I wish that our lawmakers would spend more time 
on things like that and less time spending money on renaming Lakeshore Drive. This is going to cost these taxpayers in the city of Chicago millions of dollars. So if this city could talk, it will tell the politicians to keep their eye on the prize and focus on things that matter. Now, this is cool to do stuff like this, but what else do you guys have for me? That's, that's just what I wanted to say. I would say if this city could talk, we need to have a summer unlike any other. And that means, you know, put the guns down. Put the, let's, let's just stop with the gun violence. I think everybody can agree, like, we're just tired. We're de- It's almost desensitized to, to senseless shootings, mass shootings. You know, like, a couple of weeks ago, you know, eight people were shot in one particular place. Uh, you know, like, if this city could talk, it's just time to look in the mirror, hold some accountability, let that shit go. <laughs> you know, it's not worth ending a life. It's not worth destroying anyone's life. It's not It's not worth putting other innocent people in harm's way. Find another way. We need more conflict resolution programs out there for people that are struggling with, you know, mental illness or just disputes with one another. Like we need to put more resources into the communities so that a lot of these bigger problems don't happen. As you mentioned, like, instead of trying to rename Lakeshore Drive. Chris, DC, you guys hit on some killer stuff, man. That, that I mean, you guys killed it with that. Uh, what I would say, man, this city can talk. I think it's time that we start uplifting each other instead of putting each other down. I know we do a lot of things that relates to beef and having beef and altercations. I think it's now at a point to where now it's time to start uplifting each other and start promoting all the great things we're doing out here. It's so easy to pinpoint a lot of violent stuff that's going on, the senseless killing. I think it's time for us to start recognizing what's also going well within the city because we're getting too much attention for some of the, all the negativity, but we should be getting a lot of attention for some of the great things. So it's more important that we start recognizing that and putting that on blast going forward. Oof, that man, I'm telling you, I agree with both of y'all because to DC's point, the senseless shootings, they shouldn't happen. But we also got to pull back the layers and understand why some of this stuff is happening out here in the streets. But also to your point, A-Dub, I think we need to highlight the work that's being done to try to uplift in the community and the people that are doing the work to try to uplift. Because a lot of that gets overshadowed by the media and the press and the headlines that get out there about our city being dangerous. That's right. Fellas. Another dope episode. This is only episode two, man. But I'm telling you, man, I'm liking liking what we're doing here, man. And I'm really, really excited for the, the future of this show with you guys. This is the Chicago State of Mind. And this podcast is brought to you by Crave It. Crave It is a social app for food lovers. They make it easy to share, learn what to eat, where to eat, and what to cook. Check out their app in the App Store and use our exclusive access code Chicago Versus. Make sure to check them out. DC gonna sign us off bruh thanks for listening to the chicago state of mind you can find this show wherever you get your podcasts make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice we appreciate your support of our show if this city could talk it would say michael jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time the 